Hello everyone and welcome to the Property Show podcast. My name is Monty and I'm your host of the show that investigates and discusses the latest news and views in the UK property market and general financial world, hopefully delivered in a down-to-earth, challenging and even witty way. We have not one but two property legends with us today who know just about everything, well probably everything, about the property world, having been at the top of their game in this market for many years. We are delighted to have a man described as the BBC's favourite property expert, Henry Pryor, who is a <laughs> who is a buying Sorry, agent. I've got, I've got a cough. <laughs> cough you've got I there, didn't Ed. even get through the introduction there. <laughs> Who's a buying agent with over thirty-three years in the industry? Welcome, Henry. Thank you. And we're honoured to welcome back my LBC Property Hour partner in crime, Ed Mead, a leading property expert himself and founder of prop tech firm Viewber. Welcome, Ed. Hello, Monty. Good afternoon. Good. Thank you for ruining nice my introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> I was ruining Henry's introduction. Oh, OK. Anyway. That's OK then. Uh, so there's loads to talk about and we'll try our best to squeeze in as much as possible in the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, so let's kick straight into it, really. Um, Henry, it seems we're, we're getting quite a few down valuations at the moment as, as valuers become more pessimistic on prices. Uh, we had one today, actually, that was bought two years ago for 350000 They thought it was worth three eighty, and it valued at three twenty five, so less than they paid for it two years ago. You've called the top of the property market before. Do you think we're there again? And what does the rest of the year hold in terms of, of property prices? What's your take on the market at the moment? Well, I don't think that the professionals, the valuers, the mortgage valuers who are going out there, I'm not sure that they are downvaluing as they've been accused by some people, I think they're putting what they believe to be a current value on it. And the market is sliding in many places. Uh, If you look at the Estate Agents Union, the National Association of Estate Agents, they themselves say that 85% of homes sell for less than the asking price. There is no rule, there's no uh, understanding of what people put on as a guide price. Um, I always think that as a buying agent, the asking price is an indication of the vendor's greed or the estate agent's enthusiasm to get the business in the first place. So it doesn't come as a surprise to find that some mortgage valuers are struggling to get mm. uh, agreement with, let's face it, an amateur's opinion, and not only just an yeah. amateur's opinion, but an amateur who is emotionally involved. They have been sold a property, they fall in love with it. Before you answer the second part and of that question, can I just say one thing? Mortgage values. <laughs> is, this just a min- is this just a minute? No, was the deviation, deviation Mortgage valuers do not mortgage on it. Do not value on a willing seller, willing buyer um, valuation. Okay. Never have done. You're an, honor, you're an honorary charter of Errantly. They gave you an honorary RICS a, a, a qualification. Honorary fellowship. And when you look at the RICS guidance for mortgage values, it indeed does say specifically between a willing buyer, willing seller. So yeah, do but, feel free to, con- to, to no, no, contradict me. I, I, I'm not sure that's right for a mortgage valuation. A mortgage valuation <laughs> normally, well, certainly, certainly the interpretation I've always put on and what I've always heard from the mortgage valuers that I've spoken to is that they look at something that would need to be sold within a specific time period, normally 90 days. And given the time frame, as we all know at the moment on, on sales, is much longer than that, that is not a normal process. So I've, it's always been an issue, this downvaluing thing. I just wanted to say that it's not particularly a massive issue at the moment. It's always an issue. I know that you, Monty, 
as you're at the sharp end, tend to see it coming more. But nevertheless, I just wanted to mention that. I think there was a yeah, difference. I mean, I'd, Henry made a good point about downvaluation. The whole word downvaluation is it's it's one of those words bounded. It's a motive in itself. Around. Let's remember. Yes, let's remember that valuers are being paid yeah. a fee yeah. by a lender to, to ensure to be, yeah. that the asset that is being lent yeah. against provides sufficient collateral for that money to be advanced. And if somebody wants to contradict that and is happy to lend money against a higher valuation, they're quite at liberty to mm. do that. At they the end are. of the day, valuers are putting their professional indemnity insurance and their reputations, and in some cases, depending on their age, their retirement too, as they've got carry-on yeah. insurance to uh, as once they go into retirement. These are not things that people play with lightly. And if people want to compete, they can. It's absolutely an open market. I disagree. Uh, not, I'm sure, for the last time this afternoon <laughs> with Ed. And I would commend everybody listening to this to have a look at the RICS Red Book uh, valuation phraseology. It is very clear. And the important thing for everyone to remember is this is a different market. This mm. is not the heady days of 2013. And as a result, valuers are having to take a cautious view, a realistic view. They cannot go with the optimism and enthusiasm that many buyers have, which is that if they overpay, if they make a mistake uh, and perhaps pay mm. 5 or 10% more than they either need to or perhaps with hindsight should have done, that the market will somehow smooth out and smother their embarrassment because, you know, over the past few years, uh, we've, that's, that's been something they've been able yeah. to do. So I think, I think it's a big issue. Uh, in the way that it has been painted in the press and I think that professional surveyors deserve a lot more credit when it comes to putting a formal mortgage valuation or a valuation for lending purposes on a property. There you go. Henry Price sticking up for uh, for surveyors. Do you, th- do you think that sort of sets sets the tone for the rest of this year? Is, it, is there any hope in the hori- on the horizon or, or actually are we... Are we in this period now where there is just a bit of realism seeping into the market? Prices have come come off a little bit. Is that is that set to continue? Well, Are we I'm, going to see lower prices? I'm quite surprised that there's so much of this, what's the right word, miscommunication in terms of values at that sort of price level. I mean, certainly we know that the, at the top end of the market, the bit that was, you know, the, the cherry on top of the cake, the central London market, we know that's been decimated is the wrong word, but it suffered some heavy losses for people who had mm. to sell. But the received wisdom on the subject is that everybody else has, has has continued to see very modest, in some cases, price rises. So I think the down valuations, in inverted commas, um, is, is is often a reaction of the valuers to potential liability claims and this sort of thing coming on. Not unsurprisingly. No, 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 it's not. It's not. But I, but I think that sentiment is what's driving the market. And I just think that there's a lot of sentiment, even in that bit of the market at 350, look which, at, yeah. Monty, which, look which, at which later people... in the year is going to come through. You know, I think we need to wait till this time next year to really tell what's going to happen. Look at the RICS monthly house price survey mm. that they put out. There's no doubt about it when you read what they're, you know, just the last, their last update. Remember, that's a sentiment survey. It's not yeah. based on yeah. actual values or an average of actual transactions. It's based on the thoughts and experiences and the emotions that, that professional qualified surveyors mm. who are selling houses day in, day out are feeling. And their balance is negative. So it's not surprising that if people want to borrow significant amounts of money in order to affect, as I said before, let's remember, an emotional purchase, mm. that people are being... Uh, to an extent cautious. The thing that I bemoan and the thing I wish we could see, but I'm sure will shock not only Ed, but a lot of listeners, is that remember 40% of people today buying houses don't have a mortgage. Therefore, don't get a sanity check. Don't get a third party opinion. Mm. And I would love to see a scenario whereby people who are buying properties 
got more than just their dad or their mate or their spouse's <laughs> yeah. view as to whether it was or wasn't. So many people I talked to mm. said, oh, well, the selling agent told me that it was worth it. Mm. Yes, but of that, 40%, oh, of that 40%, Henry, quite a lot will have a survey done and quite often the surveyor will give an opinion on value. So it's not... What proportion they do? What proportion of people have a structural survey of, of buyers, would you say? Not Five a structural survey. What, of that 40% or in total? No, of the market in total, of the transactions every month, what do you think what would you estimate the number of people who have a survey of the type you were referring to well i would half? say that, I, well, I would say it's at half. least half you, okay. yeah okay. i mean i think it's vital i would always advise people to have some kind of a yeah. survey done and it doesn't help that that some of the there's a wealth of property indices out there some of which uh, oh, i think God, it's right most me, comes out with uh, the asking zoop, prices if someone quotes yeah, the zoop right. zestimate guesstimate <laughs> wet finger in the air thing at me again <laughs> The, the, the problem is also an awful lot of people mistake, misunderstand the difference between an asking price and a sale Correct. price. Correct, yes. Remember, 50% of the homes that go on the market, 50% of the homes, the sale boards you see on your street as you're looking up and down to see what your house might be worth by looking at what other people are asking for them, 50% of those houses don't mm. sell. Don't make that uh, asking price. And of those that do sell, as the estate agents tell us themselves, 85% sell for less. So let's remember, these professionals are paid to give a, mm. an, a professional opinion. And it, you've got to be more than just a casual social media troll to start calling them out, in yeah. my opinion. And uh, 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 with, it seems to be that properties are taking longer to sell. We've, we've, we're certainly seeing that the, the, the process from purchase to uh, to actual completion seems to be taking longer. Well, that's a good point. Are we seeing that with, with, with stock as well? Is it's it a good point, but when you, look at, when you look at both the RICS, you look at the uh, Right Move Index, and you look at the 20CI, perhaps a report that many listeners wouldn't be familiar with, but which I would commend to them, you can look and see there is perhaps a slight uptick or slight, it's taking slightly longer to, uh, to sell properties. But again, most of these people are measuring uh, the average time that the average property that sells takes to sell, and it ignores all the ones that do not sell. But I do think there's a bit. It's a. It's a bit more complicated than that. I think the whole process has got. Uh, what's the right word? Um, the the sentiment that we discussed earlier with some of these surveyors and their valuations is is also prevalent in both in 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 the people who are buying and their their representatives as well. I think there's mm. a lot of holding back going on. A lot of people will say, are we sure we're doing the right thing? There's a lot more hand-wringing, a lot more angst. I can't quite work out what is happening that actually physically should mean that the process takes longer. Is it that the mortgage valuer or the, the mortgage companies um, have smaller panels, so they're busier, the solicitors, so they take longer to get through it? Is that what it is? I mean, you know can I can only give you that. I can only give you my experience. The last 10 deals I did, which I looked at before yeah. coming to talk to you, the last 10 deals that required a mortgage, the, the slowest link in the chain was the mortgage. That's the bit that really? took the That's time. Really? That's really interesting. And it, was, it, was, it made me weep. You think that solicitors can mm. get their act together, agents can get their act together, amateurs, well, buyers and sellers Well, I think that's the panel. I think that's the conveyancing panel. That's really interesting. It's not the valuer. Cause, cause what the we, no, it's not the valuer. What we see actually is actually it's a conveyancing process that mm. tends to slow down the whole thing. Actually, we can get a mortgage offer out now within within seven days easily some of them are some of the new lenders coming out can get a mortgage offer in in a in the in a matter of days even the likes of barclays and and halifax can move can move that quickly but the the slowdown has always been in the conveyancing process which still seems experience. to be not slow my experience and antiquated. of my last 10 deals that's really that had mortgages and i'm sure it's not typical i'm not suggesting yeah. it is but everyone that's required a mortgage has been dragged out because 
understandably, lenders are jump, making everybody jump through hoops. Yeah. But we've got all this nonsense now where uh, the, 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 the buyer solicitor can no longer sign off for the, for the mortgage company. Well, that's, that's, sorry, I know interrupt you there because that's where the real problem is. Again. Because in the old days, I will continue to do so, <laughs> but the problem is that in the old days, most solicitors were accepted by the mortgage companies. Now they're not. They have to go through these absurd sort of, and it just becomes a bottleneck. And and the people that do these are real stack them high, sell them cheap type type operations, which I can see why the conveyances are, well, I can see why the mortgage companies are doing it, but it just is very counterproductive. And by the way, can I just come back to one thing you were saying earlier about moving about, swiftly on about another, about, another about amateurs this valuing is just the first properties, question. about amateurs that are that are valuing <laughs> properties. If you must. an estate agent doesn't claim to be a professional valuer Luckily. or even an amateur valuer, their job is to is to expose a property to the market to try and get the best price. We need to remember that. So putting a guy price on you know that's what they're doing no, absolutely a guy uh, price but on it. from that ed surely it, we, the three of us must agree that the agent's job is to maximize the uh, value in a property and expose it in the way you've just described and mm. to market it in that way but a professional valuer's job is to make sure that uh, the underlying value that could be realized if everything were to go wrong and the lender had to repossess yeah. that property yeah. can get that money yeah. back and the two i quite agree the two of them are often confused but i was somewhat irritated as a result to find in the press this last week it was an estate agent uh who was um calling that out and i think he was uh, mistaken well i'm very glad i was in the amateur former category <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. We're on the cusp, uh, potentially, of interest rate rise uh, this week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just A yawning. bit yawning, but yeah. I'm going to cover it anyway. Do you think rates will rise, and do you think they they should? I was only yawning, not because it's a rude question, because I just simply don't think it's going to happen. I just think this is more of Carney and his mates pulling levers, trying to slow people yeah. down. Economists reckon 90% charge. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll but wait we've heard see. that before. We've, we we heard, have heard we that heard before. That. And I just can't see what there is in the economy to justify it at the moment. I still think inflation is is really not exactly running out of control at the moment. Indeed, I think it's on the way down, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, and if you look at the cost of real things, I know for, the, for some of us going to fill up our cars with petrol, you suddenly think, oh, my God, that's gone up. But actually, for the majority of things... It's just not happening. So, no, is my answer. I don't Henry, think it will interest rates? Uh, they're going to go up. Um, and uh, will it make a difference? Yes. And does it pile on more? Uh, going back to what to Ed's concern about sentiment, yes, it mm. makes people more, it will make people more bearish. I agree. The unreliable boyfriend is correctly titled, in my view. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I, don't, I can't recall an instance over the last two years when I have thought that they would. But, you know, Come, come back to me in a month's time, I think on this particular occasion, for reasons that Ed hasn't touched on, I think if you look at America, for example, the UK has to follow and uh, it's time for savers to have their turn in the sun. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on to a question which I know will be equally as controversial because I, I, I think I know Henry's views on this one. Um, helped by is always in the news. God. It's helped an awful lot of people. You can't deny that. It, it's definitely helped some people get onto the housing ladder. Helped a lot of house, a lot of house builders. It's helped a, helped lot, a lot of builders, of, which yeah. was the point of it. Um, but obviously it does artificially inflate prices further. Is it? Is it time to put it all to bed now? It's time to take it outside and shoot it. It's absolutely Don't outrageous. Don't sit on the fence. No, I mean, forgive me if I just get off and hop, <laughs> no, hop down go on, off. Go for it. It did a thumpingly good job. It did exactly what it's designed for. 
My recollection of why it was brought in is different from yours. I'm sure you're right, but my recollection is it was brought in to encourage lenders to get back to their tellers and start lending money again. It wasn't specifically, but I'm sure you're right, but as you just said, to get house builders it, it was, to start It was building. to do both. I think yeah. if you could, if, by, by stimulating the lending process after the credit crunch in 2007-2008, uh, that stimulated demand that house builders were then able to sell into, and it's that that got house builders and the momentum behind that. So mm. I really did think it was it was a fantastic initiative it was brilliantly deployed um there was some confusion helped by one helped by two yeah, yeah. we've now got endless flavors of the wretched thing but <laughs> genuinely it is corrupting the market genuinely it's storing up problems for people who are taking out those supported artificially supported loans today mm. it will uh come to an end it's already at the moment scheduled to come to an end in 2021 uh i suspect that if it doesn't come to an end before then, even when we hit 2021, the market will correct, as we have seen. Um, old dinosaurs like mm. Ed will tell us and will remind <laughs> us what happened when Myras was tinkered with and removed. Myras, even that I remember a, that. Yeah. I'm, I was t- no, I'm too double young. Myras. Actually, You're too young, Myras. obviously. I'm too Henry. young, but yeah. well, it was Ed, double Myras. When Ed, when, when Ed, when Ed yeah. was uh, in the business, you know, th- this yeah. was this was something that moved the market, didn't it? Seriously, joking apart, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but it, it did. caused that that caused a very short term blip. I mean, that was <laughs> literally over a period of sort of three or four months when it was announced. Yeah. It, it, it it happened. And Hope Divide will do the same thing. But I think is this is this a drug that we can't get out of now. Uh, no, I mean, I think just coming back to one of the things about stimulating lending, of course, one of the one of the things that the Bank of England did back then was to wholesale, was to give wholesale money to the markets to lend out. So that was a slightly different... Um, uh, th- th- that as, a, as an incentive to try and get the banks to lend more money was obviously one part of it. Helped to buy... Um, I don't think anyone quite realised that it would have quite such a distorting effect, only because... Um, of course, the house builders will only ever release the how the the sites and the things that they want. Mm. I think always the problem has been that there needs to be some sort of encouragement in inverted commas for the house builders to really develop all the sites they have. Um, well, and quite what that means in terms of planning and everything else. I, I can't don't believe Henry's shaking his head. Yeah, but, but, but it is. Surely, it, 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 I mean, it know, is a major we problem. Know, we all know that house builders will sell in to the market for the prices that the greatest price they can get. And understandably, they're answerable to stockholders, not answerable to the government or to house buyers and the wider market. And they certainly have, don't have a, uh, any kind of sort of civil morality that means they have to get out there and build more. If they weren't able to sell their product for as much as they have been able to under help to buy, they would have j- adjusted the price that they paid for the land in the first place. They still would have churned out the same number of units. They just would have churned them out and sold them at slightly less because that's how property development works. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that that a lot of their land banks. say possibly. I think a lot of their land. Certainly. A lot of their land is already banked, and they could be encouraged to develop it. They had ten years of buying property, and they paid, and they still they still currently pay based on what they predict they can sell the the finished asset for, and that's where they're going to come unstuck. But anyway, I mean, I I I I think the tenet of your question was was this is a drug we can we can wean ourselves off, and I think the answer is we we have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there are various other things the government have been doing to encourage the market, you know, such as the the changes to the 2015 Finance Act, trying to encourage buy-to-let landlords to sell and put property mm-hmm. on the market, which first-time buyers, which allegedly has created a an uptick in the number of first-time buyers. Yeah. So I, I applaud the way the government is trying to incentivise people to do it, but what I just wish we'd see more on the supply side. Mm. Yeah, Uh, Talking of mad schemes, uh, I see the Housing and Finance Institute had an idea of loans from the government to give 
UK home buyers well, that's helped to buy the money through deposits. Home. How mad is you that? You have to remember, it's isn't that been, crazy? It's been very, very hot, and clearly some, <laughs> some people have spent slightly too long in the sunshine. I mean, it's the have most. Have you ever heard of the Housing Finance Institute? I'm, uh, it's, it's a new I can't think why we haven't heard of them. Um, let's hope we don't hear too I, much I more from them. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to make sure we weren't listening to the government's latest um, think tank. <laughs> Not much thinking going on. Um, and um, you, you touched on buy to let there, there, Ed. We, we've seen that getting whacked by Osborne's reforms now. The number of mortgages consistently falling month on month compared to the previous year. Has that had that's had the desired effect? We'd we definitely seen more first time buyers coming to the market. Is it do you, any of you feel feel sorry for buy to let landlords? Are they are they more sinned against and sinning or is this uh, something well, that was long necessarily um, vilified? I mean, I do think that it's this usual thing of the of the press getting hold of one or two bad examples and trying to knock everybody over the head with the same stick, which I think is very frustrating. But it's got to remember that, of course, um, for a lot of these people, they haven't had anything to invest their money in, and they often have laudable long-term um, reasons for holding property. Yeah, you know, they're buying properties now, renting them out so their kids can move into them in the future, or they might want to move into them themselves, or whatever it is. So people have all sorts of reasons for owning them, and if you try and discourage them from ownership. It's difficult to know what else they're going to go and invest in. Now, it's difficult to shed any tears for people who've got the money to be able to go and do that. But nevertheless, they do provide a very useful service. There are more people now in the PRS than there are in the assisted sector. It's become a very important part of the market. And the vast majority of it works extremely well. It's just that we have these few rotten eggs. And then you get some of these big um, big uh, pressure groups that jump on the bandwagon saying, oh, no, we shouldn't be allowing this, that and whatever. Yeah. And they, they try and change things. That is pushing the government into doing one or two interesting things on lease lengths and this sort of thing. But overall, I think uh, the, the vital landlords haven't done anything wrong. Um, and I'm not sure I agree with the changes as they're implemented. Henry? Anything well, let me be clear. I do have a huge amount of sympathy for in property investors, vital landlords, mm. call them what you will. I think they have... Uh, been wrong-footed by, let's face it, a conservative government uh, or conservative-led coalition, um, and they have they can justifiably feel um, hard done by. However, I am wholeheartedly in support of what the government's done. I am not as concerned as Ed. I look at statistics to tell me that only one in three landlords has a mortgage. Therefore, as far as I can see, only one in three of landlords are going to be impacted by the significant changes yeah. brought about. Uh, on mortgage tax relief. Mm. Um, there are other significant changes that the government have brought in. But again, not that it's a popular or indeed a very popular thing that uh, to, to find oneself doing. I think the government is doing exactly what they were encouraged, uh, no, in some cases, uh, begged to do. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, a long-term double-digit house price inflation as we saw in many no, parts of absolutely. the country. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a bit in for a dig for people to start wringing their hands going, oh, you know, stamp duty is really stuffing on the top end of the market. And, you know, I'm, I'm afraid um, the market, as I, I think Ed and I have always agreed, the market is usually best left alone by politicians, usually works better when it's not interfered with by politicians. I think that investors have got a lot to take on board, uh, but probably that's not actually a bad thing. I think levelling the playing field and allowing owner-occupiers, which appears to be what the electorate wants, uh, and making them able to compete um, perhaps a little more easily with investors is not a bad thing. Um, so when all is said and done, is it a good time to buy now? It's, uh, you're, you're both in the Well, I would say it's, the best, it? it's been the best time to buy for quite a long time, actually, yeah. I would think. Uh, but it is always a function of of the price. I mean, the trouble with buying is you 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 just need to, if if you think you want to buy something and you can afford to buy it and you're happy with the price, go ahead and buy it. Don't try and judge 
or call what's going to happen with the market. Um, I think many people uh, give themselves so much stress. I mean, they give people like Henry lots of money because people like Henry are paid to make those sort of decisions. So they quite like people who are wringing their hands saying, is it the right time to do it? But I've always taken the view of if you can afford it and you can buy it, and also you take a sensible view on mortgages because let's face it, at the moment you get a five-year fixed rate mortgage at 2%. Where's that mortgage going to be in five years' time? You may still yeah. in the place and that mortgage could be at 5 or 6%. But yeah. I think the stress testing now is much better for those sort of things. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Henry, your view? I'm, you know, I, I agree with Ed. It, it pains, Sorry, what it was pains that? me to have what to say that? this, but that? I agree with Ed <laughs> specifically on this point. <laughs> Um, it is. Uh, it's a great time to buy because there are huge opportunities. Because uncertainty brings with it uh, that 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 uh, opportunity for people to jump the wrong way. We, uh, we've we've worked particularly in London and the southeast over the last decade uh, with gently rising or indeed quite stiffly rising house prices, uh, where people could make their own decision, and if they made the wrong decision, house price inflation would smother their embarrassment, and they could wake up twelve months later and bore their friends about how clever they were. And it bugs the hell out of me that people claim that they're somehow... How lucky they were. How fortunate they were. Exactly. They were incredibly lucky. However, what we're currently um, suffering from at the moment, the uncertainties, the B word that we're not going to talk about today, I hope. No. These sort of things, (laughs) interest rates, the unreliable boyfriend, the chaos, the stupidity in Westminster amongst our political elite, the inability of people in the press to hold those politicians to account, all that chaos creates uncertainty. And I know it's not... Uh, necessarily uh, a comfortable thing to discuss, but un- uncertainty uh, brings with it opportunities. Uh, how's the housing market, that opportunity to, to make money, to lose money if you get it wrong, yeah. um, these all tend to come about on the basis that for, the, for there to be winners, there have to be losers. In the strong market of three or four years ago, Monty, there were probably few people who could make a genuine mistake when it came to buying a house. And if you did, you might get it wrong by 5% one way or the other. Today, because of this uncertainty, there are people who are making decisions and they're going the wrong way. And the spread, I think, is somewhere between 10% plus or minus. A good estate agent when selling a property can get you genuinely 10% more. Very interesting. A bad estate agent or an estate agent in a hurry to get down the pub on a Friday evening (laughs) can undersell it, in my opinion, by 10%. So that's a 20% spread. As I say, it it pains me to say it. Ed's quite right. I can't remember in my short career, much less than the wise old partner sitting (laughs) to my right, I can't can't remember a better time to buy a house because the opportunity exists. And remember, you make money when you buy a house, not when you sell it. It's the one time when you decide whether you want to Mm. commit. As Ed says, if you've got the money, if you've got access to the money, if you can afford it both now and longer term, then it's a great time to buy. Uh, And if you can do that, you don't have to rely on somebody else coming to swallow your dream, buy into your dream and more importantly pay for the privilege there you go um well i'm going to let you have the the last word this week there you go so uh thank you very much to my guests ed mead and henry Pryor. thank you very much gentlemen um we'll be back next week uh with some more from these two fine gentlemen uh in the meantime if you have any comments or questions for myself or our guests you can contact us on twitter at corico or through our website www.corico.co.uk Until next time, this is The Property Show signing off.